Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Lauren Galley Show. I had my intro ready to play. It didn't seem to play, but that's okay. Um, I'm your host, Lauren, and this show tonight is one of the most important shows I have done. It just makes me so happy and sad at the same time because I'm just thrilled that our guest tonight is alive and able to share her story with us, but I'm sad that she had to go through this experience. Our guest tonight is Liz Marks, and I'm going to let her tell you her story, but just know that tonight is all about how we can finally end texting and driving for good. And just a heads up, I am battling a cold right now, so I'm going to try to keep the coughing to a minimum, so apologies in advance if that comes up. But let's introduce our fabulous guest. So, hi, Liz. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you wanting me. I also have Diana Graber. She's on the line as well. She's the co-founder of CyberWise, and she's a media psychologist who teaches this literacy program called Cyber Civics. And she's going to be our ex-mind sharing her opinion and some research on the topic. So, hi, Diana. Just, it's so nice to finally have you on the show. Hi, Lauren. I'm really, really happy that you invited me. So, so happy that I could be part of this tonight. It's an important topic. It, it really is, and it's something that needs to be discussed in, you know, a more unique way than it has been, in my opinion. And that's part of the reason why I'm super thrilled to have AT&T's It Can Wait campaign live tweeting the show tonight. So their Twitter, their Twitter handle is at, at It Can Wait. So feel free to follow along with them. And it can wait has this great app. You download AT&T Drive Mode, and it silences message alerts and auto-replies when you're driving to let your friends and family know that you can't respond. So as you tweet along with us tonight, you can use the hashtag it can wait. So Liz, Diana's going to be listening in, and she might be interrupting or jumping into your story with some expert advice or viewpoints on the topic. So we could all three just kind of talk together. How does that sound? Sounds great for me. Me too. I'm just going to jump in right now, if I may, Lauren, and just say that I finally downloaded the AT&T app today because of the show. And I tell you, I just had one of the most relaxing drives with my daughter that I've ever had without the distraction of constant beeping and text messages. So I'm already a believer in that app. Oh, I know. It's amazing. And it's something so simple. And it's just, I find it fascinating that we we don't have the willpower to not use our phones. We have to have an app to turn it off. But you know what? Right. That's okay because we have that technology and it works so well. So they're just such geniuses for downloading that. And it, I bet their app has really saved some lives. Right. So um, Liz, the best part is always the beginning. So mm-hmm. tell us what your life was like before this incident occurred for you. I mean, were you popular? What were your phone habits like? You know, tell us a little bit about just you before all of this. Well, before my car accident, I was, like, addicted to myself. And without it, like, my life was empty. And it was a way to connect with my family, my friends. And I was really popular. I used to do common stuff like go bowling, go to parties, and I was looking forward to graduation and prom and my 18th birthday and everything. Like, everything in my life was heading in the right direction until it all changed from by simply reading one message. Right. And um, I want to go to the morning when this happened. So before the accident, just in the morning, 
was it a typical day? I mean, was it raining? Were you stressed? Were you listening to music? You know, was there anything about that day that stood out in any way for you? Well, actually, um, well, I had a pretty normal day. Like, I was paying to work, and I just was like, yep, I'm early to work. I'm, everything's going good. I had a good night. I'm just simply just driving. Didn't care about anything. Nothing wrong was going on. It's just a simple thing. Just bend down and look. That's all it took. Was texting and driving something that you did often? No, oh, I did it every second, every day. Like, uh, my mom and my family would ask me about it, and I would just lie to their faces. Like, I didn't feel guilty or anything. I just, everyone else was doing it, so I thought it was okay. Right, so your friends all texted, and they they would do texting and driving, too, so... Was it kind of like just a thing at your school, like everybody does it? Yeah, it was like a, a habit that everyone else is doing. It's just a common thing that people my age did. So, Right, and unfortunately, it seems to be that way a lot. And even in my personal experience, I've been in the car with friends, and I'll see them dancing down at their phone. And, you know, you don't want it to become so commonplace that you don't realize the dangers of it. And and like, so and like case, also, it seems that way. Like, what? Oh, go ahead. Well, also, like, when you're, even though you're not driving and the driver is texting, you have every right to grab your phone and put it away. Like, it's not cool or okay to do that. Like, why put yourself in danger from someone else distracted driving? It's not okay. That's a great point. Diana, have you? What's your viewpoint on that with teens? Do you know that you notice that they um, are they willing to tell their friends to stop texting and driving? No, they're not willing. You know, there's so much that's going on in the teen brain that sometimes we forget that it's not really the tool to blame so much. It's behavioral stuff that's happening, and you know, as adults, I mean, we find it hard to put down the phone when we're driving or to ignore our text messages. But for a teenager, it's additionally hard because the part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex that's in charge of um, managing our judge, our good judgment and making good decisions, you know, sometimes we forget that that part of the brain takes a long time to develop. In fact, it's not fully developed until about age 25, and in some people it never even fully develops. So that part of the brain that's supposed to tell a teenager to, like, don't pick up the phone, don't respond – isn't fully functioning yet. So it's not really their fault, you know, that they're distracted by the sound of a text or a tweet. Oh, also, parents are doing it, like older adults, and then young people see that and they think that, oh, they're doing it, so it's okay for me to do it too. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, preparing for this show, I ran across a statistic, um, and I think this is low, but that 48% of teens have seen their parents text and drive Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when we're modeling that for our children, we're telling our children that that's absolutely okay for them to do as well. So we're creating this culture where we cannot disconnect from our phones, even when we're transporting children around. And and I think that's that's really where it happens. It trickles down from the top. Um, yes. I know I've yes. been guilty of that. I mean, it's it's distracting and disturbing. You hear that sound and you feel like you have to respond to it immediately. And, you know, we have to remember that every time we do that, there's a child watching. You know, maybe it's a child that's not even driving yet, but they're going to remember that that's a behavior that we've condoned. 
Yeah, exactly. It seems to me that all teams understand that the texting and driving is not a good idea. I mean, I feel like if you ask any teenager, is texting and driving smart, they they know probably not. But they still do it anyways. So what do we do about this? I mean, I mean, Liz, you're the perfect person. Obviously, like, you didn't understand this until something awful happened to you. So what do you think someone could have said to you to make you realize that? Or is there anything that would have made you realize the true dangers? Well, first off, we need to bring more awareness about distracted driving and texting while driving. Like, it's just, I wish someone told me, like, that text, me- that text message can wait, but your life can't. I wish someone it made me, like, think about it really hard before I left. And look what happened. Like, I went through so much. Because my brain injury, I had to relearn how to walk, talk, read, write, just about everything. My life restarted all over again over that one simple text message I was reading. Right. And I mean, looking away from the road for only a second can impact our lives. And you're the perfect example of that. And I hear people say all the time, oh, I'm really good at multitasking. And I do this all the time and nothing happens to me. And you know, it kind of seems to be the famous last word. So, Diana, what's what's your viewpoint on this? And I mean, it's not just teens. Like we said, it's people of all ages. Right. Well, first of all, Liz, I want to say that you are so brave to come on the Thank show and to Thank share your message. And I watched your videotape. Honestly, I had to go back to it probably ten times to get through it between the tears. It was uh-huh. really, really hard for me to watch. And I think that you are impacting so many lives by what you're doing. And, and you have made a difference in my life because I, I teach this stuff. I live, you know, technology every single day. And I have two teenage daughters that drive. And although I constantly worry about them, I don't think that I've done a significant enough job to prepare them to know how important it is not to text and drive. So my 16 and I actually sat down today, and we both downloaded that AT&T app. And I used it as I drove her here to soccer today, and we talked about how we were enjoying, you know, our conversation without being distracted by the constant sound of the phone. So you know, that's the change that you made in my life. (laughs) And I'm hoping that maybe people listening to us will go home and maybe download something similar. Because, again, I don't think that it's fair to expect teens to change their behavior 100% just by talking. Because there's so many conflicting things going on in their brains. You know, in addition to that prefrontal lobe not being completely developed, you know, you brought mm-hmm. something up very important, Liz, that, you know, you always wanted to be connected with your friends. And for mm-hmm. teenagers, that's a huge part of being alive, you know, is connecting. And, and that's what happens when you get a text message and you respond to it. It's like a reward. And that reward yes. does something in a teenage brain, and it almost wants you to keep going back for more. And it mm-hmm. it, it does something – It, it um turns on this little hormone called oxytocin and it gives you a little hit of that every time you make a respond to a social connection it, it rewards you and and those are the things that we forget sometimes as parents is that these are this is happening in a teenage brain and they really can't help it so although we think that intellectually they understand not to text and tweet um, emotionally which is a lot stronger thing and for, for a young person that's the part uh, that's responding to their phone. Mm-hmm. And also, students 
like, yeah, they may think about it, but also they're, they have to worry about themselves as well as others. Like, you may hurt yourself, but you end up, like, killing others for that one mistake. Right, right. And and to have to live with that for your whole life. Yes. Mm-hmm. No one wants to live with that horror. No. Right, it's, right. I feel like as a teenager, it's a lot of responsibility driving anyway. Um, yes. You know, I remember when I first got my license, I was so excited. I felt like I was invincible. And um, yes. although I don't really remember texting and driving that much, but my thing was I listened to my musical too long. And about three months after I got my license, I got in a car accident with an 18-wheeler because I didn't look both ways like I should have before I turned. Um, luckily, it wasn't a serious accident. I wasn't seriously injured. But it took that happening to me. For me to realize, you know, wow, that could have been a lot worse. And it was just a simple thing, me being distracted by my music. I was, I didn't even look away from the road. So that just goes yeah. to show how distracted driving can just have such a huge effect. So, Liz, what was it like when you first got your license? Were you actually excited? I mean, did you so use driving from the beginning as, like, something you should be cautious about? Well, in the beginning, I was a little nervous, but after a while, I got used to it and everything, and I felt like I was so cool and everyone, like, I was, um, my birthday was in in the early months, so I started driving before everyone else did, so I'm like, I'm so cool, check me out, look at me doing all this. (laughs) I think a lot of teens feel that way. Um, so you, so we keep talking about this accident, but we haven't really gone into detail about it, so... What exactly happened? Did you hit someone? Did someone hit you? Like, tell us about that moment. Well, on April 7th, 2012, I was driving to work, and I was reading a simple text message from my mom when I drove directly into the back of a flatbed tow truck that was stopped in front of me. I suffered a traumatic brain injury, and I wasn't expected to live at all. Do you remember the accident very well? No, I don't remember two weeks before the accident or most of the time in the hospital. Yeah, I, I I bet it's just, it's absolutely amazing that you've bounced back from something like that and you're able to talk about it and inspire others. And, you know, it's really unfortunate that people have to experience something like that for us to wake up and realize the true dangers. And I mean, from my perspective, you know, just the other day I was in the car with my friend and there's like five of us in the car while laughing. She's like glancing down at her phone, and I had to tell her I was like, "Hey, like, girl, I love you, but can you please stop texting and driving? Cause it's making me really nervous." And it's just little yeah. things like that that you have to be able to speak up and say. And whenever I found your story, it definitely made me more aware of it mm-hmm. than myself because you know if my phone goes off, it is you know like Diana was saying, our first impulse to look at it. You know, that's what you want to do. But I've, I've just found myself being so much more cautious and and noticing things so much more just to see how often everyone does get distracted driving, whether it's texting, listening to music. You know, it's amazing that that we just continue to do this as people. Well, thank you very much. I'm trying to make a difference. Like, um, well, 3,368 people were, were killed in 2012, and I was about to wow. be that one. And then... Um, 240,000 injuries from distracted driving um, of that year, too, and I was one of them. I was one of those numbers. Like, it's the biggest regret of my life. Everything changed. Um, talk, 
talk a bit about your life after the accident. Um, first, start with um, obviously physically things are a lot different. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, because of my brain injury, I had to relearn how to walk, talk, read, write, you name it. Like I had um, therapy. I go through therapy, and I've already had uh, how many surgeries? Fifteen. I've already had 15 surgeries. Wow. Reconstructive surgeries, and I still have a lot more down the road. Um, relearning how to drive. I had, I'm still relearning how to drive. I'm not driving yet, but it's just the fear is stuck in my head from that mistake. Like, I don't know. It's just like after going through mental issues and everything, but I'm making out okay now, but I've gone through so much from simply reading a message from my mom that only said, okay. It's the biggest regret of my life. Everything combined it. Everything. Oh, of course. I mean, and that's something that so many teenagers do. And it's just almost a chance thing. You know, you just happen to be the one that that happened to. It just goes to show yeah. that it can really happen to anyone. Can we do something as simple as that? Um, how has your life changed, <laughs> not just physically, but emotionally afterwards? I mean, I'm sure it has had, like, a huge effect on your friendships and just the way you view things in general, right? Well, um, I still can't go to college yet because I'm still relearning high school and stuff, and I still can't right. drive. And my friends, they all just are in a different way of life. Like, they're all for college, jobs, and everything, and I'm still here relearning everything and that gets me really depressed sometimes but I'm staying strong and being there but at first it was pretty bad I got left behind I really did I felt I I feel really I still feel really lonely but I still got my family but feel really lonely um it's hard it's very hard to live my life but I'm still here and I'm, I'm really strong about it like I'm here for a reason, and that reason is to prevent my people from my mistake, to prevent texting while driving. Right. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine being in your shoes, and I just am amazed by your strengths and, I mean, your honesty, because, I mean, of course, like, it's hard, but the fact that you're able to say, but, you know, I'm strong, I'm here for a reason, and the fact that you want to use this to help others, it's such a huge yeah. thing. That's just really amazing because you could very easily have said, I don't want to think about it again. I don't want to talk about it. I'm done with that. So, you know, you really are never shy by doing that. I'm not shy. I've never been shy. Like, even on my video on YouTube, it has 7,500,000 views now. Right. Wow. <laughs> it's you know, Lauren, the part um, of that, that – that part, the part of that story that really strikes me is the text from your mom, Liz, that you mm-hmm. mentioned. And I know as a mom that really resonates with me because I think sometimes as parents, you know, we always have that umbilical cord and we want to keep in touch with our kids. And yeah. I think it's important for us to remember, you know, the times that our children might be driving to refrain from trying to contact them because, you know, that's a lot of times it's us you know, that are doing the texting or the calling. So that was a big part of your story that, that resonated with me. And also something you said, Lauren, about, 
you know, when you first started driving and all the distractions. And that's another thing that we forget is, you know, the human brain isn't very good at multitasking. I mean, it's been shown again and again that we can't do more than one thing at a time very well, even though we think yeah. we can. And so and that's always multitasking. Right. And so, you know, even my daughter, she's 16 and just got her license. And she said, you know, I can't even drive with the radio on because yeah. I just have to focus on driving. And I think that's a really uh, important reason why when you get the license, it's a whole year before you're allowed to drive with your friends because that distraction right. is huge. So and I think that's interesting that, that we have that law because think about it. We can't for a year kids aren't supposed to drive with their friends, but yet they're allowed to drive with a device that connects them to all their friends. So doesn't it make sense sense to also say you can't drive with the phone for a year? I mean, really, come on. It's almost like we're not thinking this thing through. You know, we're putting our teens in a disadvantaged position um, by placing them with phones in the car that they're really not equipped Mm -hmm. to say no to. And, you know, this. what's what's it going to take for us to wake up as a society and think of a better solution? Well, laws are changing. Things are getting more um, tougher. tougher about the awareness and the distraction yeah. and the penalties. the penalties and everything, yeah. longer jail time, bigger fees. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, I, I have, even in my car, I even have Bluetooth, but I was reckless and naive and I never used it. Yeah, you know, I, I learned a lot today. I've, there's a great website called Shaping Youth that I, I took a look at today, and um, she makes such a great case on all this money that's been spent on awareness campaigns, you know, basically saying don't text and drive, those kind of campaigns. And, you know, they don't work. We all know we shouldn't text and drive, but we do it, you know. So I think exactly. we need to be more creative. We've got to be more creative in how, in how we approach this. And, you know, I'm not a big believer in a ton of laws, but there's got to be a better solution. And, you know, for me today, my solution was an app, and I'm pretty psyched with it. I think it's a really good solution. <laughs> so that works for me. It works better than me telling my daughter every time she walks out the door, don't text and drive, don't text and drive, because I'm like a parrot, you know. But now yeah, right. it's great. She's got this little app, and so she's not going to be able to respond to texts when she drives. And so problem solved, you know. So I just good. think as a society we need to, like, stop hitting our heads against the wall and find solutions that actually work and don't fight against what's happening in the teenage brain. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is, and what you're this saying, is Diana, it, it makes me think of, um, you know, whenever I go and I do girl talks, I talk to girls about self-confidence. I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm not telling them anything that isn't already known. It's just a way of reminding and inspiring and maybe instilling it in a different sort of way. And um, moms always tell me after the girl talks, they'll say, how come I've been telling her that for, you know, her whole life and she rolls her eyes when I say it, but you say it and she gets it. And I always say, because I'm not her mom. So I right. just as you were saying that, I was right. just thinking maybe that's the solution with texting and driving. Maybe when our moms tell us, it's like, okay, mom, whatever. And they didn't even have texting with each other. You know, what do you know? But maybe hearing it from your peers could make a bigger difference. Oh, well, I mean, first well, of actually, all, my mom and I, we are against phones, like technology and stuff like that. Save my life, but we're um we're against people using it with um unresponsible. And people can use a phone, just use it with responsibility. Like, don't use it not reckless, not naive. It's a really good point. And and what I was going to say is, first of all, you two girls absolutely rock. 
because you're Thank right, you. YouTube <laughs> going out there and spreading. The, no one wants to listen to me. You know? It's YouTube going out there and spreading this message to your peers. You're going to change social norms within your age group, and it's a long process, but you guys are making huge headway, and that's very, very important. Um, and secondly, I think the job, that doesn't let us off the hook as, as far as adults go. I think that we have to remember that we're still modeling behavior, and every time we pick up the phone and talk, I mean, I see it every day, talk or text, we're, we're creating the social norms that we turn around and tell our kids not to parrot. So I yeah, think yeah. it's super important. That's our responsibility is yeah. stop talking and start modeling. Yes, I agree. That I'm Lucy's mom. I totally agree with that statement. Yes, it's definitely um, it's amazing the effect that our parents can have on us. And also our peers, you know, um, I feel like teenagers, it's almost, and I mean, I'm 20 years old, so I kind of basically still consider myself a teenager. It's almost like you do what you see a lot of the time because it's just what you're surrounded with. But like like you said, Liz, everyone else is doing it. You don't even think twice. I remember growing up, there were so many different things that my mom said no about. I would say, well, you know, Jessica does it, or Jessica's mom lets her do that, or everyone else does it. And she's like, well, I don't care about everyone else. And it's just, like, it's hard to understand that when you're younger. Um, so, Liz, I, um, speaking on this subject, I understand that you have a mission to inspire teens to avoid texting and driving. So tell us a little bit about um, about your mission with that. Um, they tell them I had to talk at school. Well, I talk to schools, and I talk to, I talk to schools and driving schools and a lot of events and places, Um I'm flying out to Chicago soon and then Louisiana for AT&T. Like, I've been on the show called The Doctors, and I've just been, I'll be on CBS National News, and um, I'm ordering Facebook and everything and trying to bring awareness. I'm trying to bring awareness of the distracted driving and texting with that thing. Like, I want to break it down to the bottom. Like, I want to present it. I mean, prevent it. Like, there's no tomorrow. I just think it's so amazing that you're you're using this in a positive way. You know, if that's even possible, you know, you found a way to do that. And I just know that you're um, you're going to change so many lives through this, especially if you Thank keep you. with it. I mean, people, you're so relatable. Like, I feel like we could just, like, hang out and be friends, you know. And you're so genuine oh, about yeah. it. And the fact that you can be so honest is something mm-hmm. that a lot of people can't do. And, you know, you're not blaming it on anyone else. And I love what you said about, how, you know, it's not technology's fault, it's not anyone else's fault, it's just teens and our behavior, which is natural, and we just need to figure out a way to to curb that. Yeah. Um, so, in your opinion, Liz, and we have some questions on Twitter about this from um, Amy Justel, she really wanted to know, how can we really break through to teens about this? You know, because since you've spoken to so many different groups, you obviously have experience with it, what do you think works? Does Visual things work, telling them verbally does it work. I mean, what have you found that really gets the point across? Because I think once we discover that, we really build upon it. My pictures and showing the reality and what happened to their face and everything really makes them click and think about what they're doing and their their decision. Like, they look at me and they're like, wait, this happened to her for that? I don't want to, I don't want that happening to me. I don't want to end up with everything that that she went through, so. And she's like, I like doing visual everything. Like people, people can hear it; they don't pay attention. But when they see it, real, reality hits them right in their faces. 
Oh, I bet. I mean, I mean, like Diana was saying, your video is just, it's, it's tough to get through because it's so real and that's what it is. And, um, you know, I do agree that the visual is definitely going to hit people. And the fact that you're going out and saying this happened to me, not just, oh, this happened to someone, that, um, well, actually, that's really going to well, hit actually, home. Well, actually, I have another, I have another video, too, from MIMS. From MIMS, Maryland Institute of Emergency Medical Service System. That you use when you speak. That, that I use that video for when I speak. It's the more detailed and more in-depth and, and the um people that were actually in the car accident, we actually reenacted with the same people and everything. So it's, like, really detailed, and that's when people really get the reality. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it just, it really hits home with so many people. And um, since, unfortunately, everyone, or not everyone, most people do it, I think it really hits home when you realize, wow, like, maybe they were texting and driving on their way there that day, you know, and that's when you realize it. and. I mean, I took driver's ed, and I remember seeing these films, and they talked about the, oh, texting and driving. And to me, it just it wasn't relatable enough. It was nothing like your videos. And it seems like they show more of the, you know, um, the things that just didn't seem real. I'm like, okay, so maybe that happened once. It's not going to happen to me. So um, I feel like it's important that we have to call each other out, even call ourselves out and say, I do this, or, you know, my friend does this. And kind of depend on each other. I mean, Diana, what do you think about that? I feel like it's important if you have a friend who texts and drives that you have to say something because we hear from someone well, else. totally. It really yeah, hits home. Definitely, yeah, you know, it's funny because you mentioned that I teach cyber civics, and one of the big things, and this is just with middle school students, and we don't even really relate it to driving, but I think I'm going to start doing that, is about being an upstander in, in, in all parts of your life, not just, you know, on in technology, but in your real life, and not be afraid to, be, to stand up to things. If if something's not right, be the person that's going to make the change, you know. And, and again, right. um, you know, I can't really tell a child that, but they can tell each other that and make it okay. And I think that's what you two are doing is you're making it okay for people to stand up to one another and it's still cool and you're still can, they can still be your friends, but you can stand up for things that you see are not right. So I think that's super important. And the second thing is what you mentioned, Liz, I think the visual impact of a video can make a big change because it's emotional. It's not just words talking, but it's something that touches your heart. And, Liz, before I forget, would you mind if I shared your videos on CyberWise? Because I'd like to start doing a section on texting and driving, and we'd love to um, include your videos there if we may. Yeah, I would not mind that. I would love that. I would love that. That, that would be terrific. Thank you. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Um, Diana, can you, like, recap the importance? Because I just feel like this really hits home, and um, with the show, the importance of it really is, is um, the skills for teens relating to social media in general, their phones. I mean, what would you define as positive habits for teens to have with their smartphones in general? Because we, people always talk about how we're addicted to our phones, so... What do you think is a healthy relationship with your phone? <laughs> you know, that's a big question. But the thing that I, the thing that keeps me up at night, honestly, is the fact that we're also addicted to our phones. And and I'm really hoping that it's because it's still a you know kind of more or less new phenomenon, and that over time we'll get addicted to real life again and and figure out that it's pretty neat. You mm-hmm. know, so. 
I'm right. really hoping and praying that's going to happen because I feel like we're all missing out in so much life by having our eyes down at our phone. And so, you know, I, in my little way, I try to do lessons with kids where I have them assess how many hours they spend with their phone and then to think about the things they didn't get to do because they were looking at their phone and maybe become a little bit more meditative about how they spend their time. I know a lot of people talk about digital diets and really trying to be more thoughtful about the time you spend with technology. I mean, but this is, these are all words, you know, and, and me just talking about it isn't going to change it. Again, I think it's as a culture and, and your generation, maybe talking to each other about saying, look at, let's put the phones down and, and, and look at each other's eyes you know, and have real conversations and not feel like we have to be connecting just on our devices. You know, that, that's what I really hope for for your generation. I, I really do. And I, and I kind of feel like we're getting there in baby steps and that the pendulum is swinging. Um, I don't know, what, do, what do you two think about that? Um, um, I actually, you just made me think of this. Um, I um, have been meeting with the, Texas Board of Education about um, having life skills social media classes in school because of what what you were just saying, you know, it hits the nail on the head. Teens are addicted to their phones, and um, not only are they using it in appropriate times, such as when you're driving, which is the most appropriate time to use it because it's so dangerous, but also the fact that we can't, we hear our phone go off and we can't not look, even while we're driving. And teens are using social media as their diary. They're posting things they shouldn't be posting. There's just so many things about our phones that can become so negative if we allow it to. And with me, you know, social media and technology, I mean, thanks to technology, we're doing this show. We're inspiring other people right now. So it can be such a positive thing if you use it that way. But then it can also really quickly become negative. So, um, Liz, you know, you're the perfect person to ask about that. What do you notice among your peers, and um, do you notice that in general they're using their smartphones and social media in a negative way? Well, yeah, I do that, but I don't use my phone as much as I used to before. Like, um, I like the one-on-one talking. Like, I can see their emotions and everything a lot better. Like, every text message or phone, honestly, me, it's, it's stupid. So, I like one-on-one talking, actually meeting the person and everything, and hanging out. Like, it's very boring. Just if we text you or talking, so. And your friends still use their phone. And my friends still use their phone all the time. Like, even when I'm driving, even when my mom's driving and I'm in the passenger seat, I see my friends drive by and they're still texting while driving or on their phone. I hate so it. So you would think being friends with you and see everything you've been through, but that would but they hit them in some sort of way. They just, they just don't think that oh Liz had it had that problem, but it won't it will never happen to anyone else. So that's what I think. Yeah, that's tough. Oh, do you think that because of your accident, that's caused you to stop using your phone and relying on that so much? You think that's a direct correlation? Yes. Yes, I can imagine. I I was just saying to my mom actually. I was talking about you in the show. I said, if that, I, I don't even know if I'd ever drive or use a phone again if that happened to me. You know, I yeah. would always relate it to that. So I, I can totally understand that. Um, you just Thank say you that you can't. Reality of it. You what? Thank you for getting the reality of it. Thank you. Oh, of, of course. Um, uh, it's just, 
I mean, I can never say I understand what you're going through because obviously you know, I, I don't understand it, but I, I can try to imagine what it would feel like. And um, I definitely, you know, you make me think twice, and I hope you make other people think twice when I get in the car. Even just how much am I using my phone? Am I addicted to it? You know, because even though I talk about these things, I'm an advocate for not texting and driving. I still get that urge to look at my phone too. So it's it's one of those things that we have to almost train ourselves. And Diana, like you were saying, it's um, something that our society has become so accustomed to that it is almost like we have to each individually reform our habits before, you know, you can't wait for something bad to happen and go, oh, because of that, I don't anymore. We need to say, okay, because this could happen, I'm not going to be so addicted to my phone. I'm going to make smarter choices. Yes. Exactly. Everything yeah. you exactly how I feel. Yeah, and again, um, you know, actually, if it, I was just going to say, if there are any parents listening, you know, again, this all trickles down because the research shows that parents, that, that kids look primarily to their parents to learn their digital behaviors. And so all of this stuff that we're talking about as parents, we need to think, you know, am I on my phone constantly? Am I <laughs> addicted to my phone? Do right. I always have to have it next to me? Because, you know, kids take note from the time they're, you know, one and two years old. They see how we interact with our digital devices and largely model their behavior after that. So it's it's really important that we all think about this. Yeah. It's yeah, true. It's, it's a... It applies to everyone. Um, it's a nation worldwide thing, not nationwide thing. It's a worldwide thing. It applies to all ages, everyone. And um, that's why it's such an important message because there's no one that's not included in that. Even if you don't have your driver's license yet, you know, you're going to get it one day and you need to have that instilled in you beforehand. And um, mm-hmm. we actually have um, a chance to take a couple of callers. So um, I'll take the first one. Hi, welcome to the Lori Galley Show. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Um, first, I just I just want to thank Liz so much for uh, for her bravery and and um, in telling her story. I mean, it's uh, thank you. It's thank such you a, so much. It's such a powerful story, and um, and you're doing so so much good with um, with this just this tragic thing that, that's happened to you. So I really I, I really salute you and and um, and hold my heart out saying that thank you. No. Thank you very much. You saying that really make thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Words can't describe well, it. Thank you. Well, um, I mean, it, it's very heartfelt. So, um, one of the things that that really struck out from, from the video that I watched of yours was um, was when your mom had uh, had said, you know, please don't uh, don't text your kids or call your kids, you know, when you know they're behind the wheel. And um, that sort of got stuck in my head like a little grain of sand. And and I I was thinking, you know, when when I was growing up, my my parents first got me a phone, right? And they got me the phone because, like, I was going to be – I'd practice and all these different things, and and they wanted to be in touch with me, and they wanted to make sure that they could get in contact with me. So (laughs) they were were sort of upset when I wouldn't respond right away. They were like, well, why did I buy you this this stupid phone if you're not even going to use it? And and then they, then I got keys, right? And and um, they say like, listen, don't don't pick up your phone, don't touch your phone when you're on the road. But they're really sending kind of a mixed message because I feel like yeah. every time I would turn the ignition on my car, like my mom would call me, 
And, um, and so I wonder if, if you have any tips for parents or for, for kids having this kind of facilitating this conversation, um, well, my, you know, what, what can the send, what's the sender's responsibility? Well, my tip is to text your parents or friends before you drive to let them know uh-huh. that you're driving so they don't text you so you don't get attempted to grab the phone. Like, just give one, everyone a heads up about yeah. what you're doing before. And then when and, you stop driving, tell them that, oh, I'm fine now. You can text me now. Like, they can wait. Like, that text message can wait, but your wife can't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, as it, as it turns out, like, I just, I sort of saw, I thought a lot about this problem and, and a lot of inspiration uh, really goes to you. But my friends and I um, are Stanford engineers, and we, have, we actually made an application which functions uh, kind of like a stoplight for your phone. It just shows a red light when you're driving and, and then a green light um, in front of your name when you're not. So um, oh, I just want, yeah, I actually, I sent you a, a Facebook message, I guess, a, a few weeks ago, but. I just wanted to let you know that the the um, the app, which is called Wonder, is uh, is is sort of dedicated to you and to um, and to, oh, to wow. trying to solve this problem however we can. Thank you. Wow, that means a lot to me. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Can you message me? Yeah, no, it's 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 such a hard problem, and and. Um, I guess what I was thinking was if if we can get senders on board of, of saying like, look, it's my responsibility as someone that cares about a driver. I just don't want to text them. Um, you know, maybe we can try to solve this problem from a lot of different angles. I think it's one yeah. of those things where, you know, with with drunk driving, a, a big a, a big thing was friends don't let friends drive drunk. And right. so, yeah. um, you know, just trying to figure out how to how to do our part. Um, but but I just wanted to. It's an honor to speak with you, and I just wanted to let you know that that you are a huge inspiration to us and to our team, and and keep doing the good work, and and we'll just try to fall behind and and do whatever we can to um to, to uh, support you. you. Um, what's your name on Facebook? Uh, Andrew Grinolds. My last name is uh, G R I N A L D S. N A L G S. Uh, N A L D is in dog. S is in Sam. N A. Wait, hold on. Sorry. Actually, my, sorry. My, it's actually um, <laughs> Andy. Sorry, my Facebook name is different. My my Facebook name is Andy Grin. Just Grin. Super easy, like a smile. Um, Andy, Andy Grin. I would I would love to learn more about your app and and maybe talk about it a little bit on Cyberwise. It's exactly the kind of stuff we love to hear about. So. Okay. If there was a way I could find out more about it, I, I would be very... Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if... It's, it's kind of hard for me to tell if we're on the air or whatever, but um, I just... I I, uh, I can I can uh, reach out to you, and um, and then we can... I would love to speak about it. I mean, we're trying to figure out what's the best way to uh, to try to try to do our part and, and, uh, and help out. I mean, it's uh, such a tough problem, and we just need a lot of creative solutions... Uh, and, and a lot of tries to, to try to get it right. Yeah, well, it sounds we like do. you're definitely um, going in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. What you're doing is amazing that you're making that app. Like, thank you so much for doing that because it takes people like you to try to make a difference, try to make an actual solution to this problem. So just thank you so much for calling in and sharing that. Well, thank you. I mean, um, we, we, uh, we're we just totally... Um, 
for all the, all the guys here and girls at the office are just listening in, and um, you know, I see tears in people's eyes. I mean, we're we're just so so uh, filled with with uh, gratitude for you inspiring us and, and telling us uh, telling the world your story. Um, and Thank you. You just have so, so much bravery, and you, you, you inspire us. <laughs> you should also call the app Liz's app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. We can absolutely do that. <laughs> well, thank you Thanks. so much for calling. I hope you have a great night. Absolutely. You oh wait, too. wait. Before you go, do you have a Twitter? Do you have a Twitter name? Yeah, I do. It's um the well, uh, for the app. It's Check Wonder C H E C K Wonder, and then my personal Twitter name is just Andrew G. Okay, perfect. I'll definitely make sure to get everyone connected on there because what you're doing is really amazing. And um, like Diana, I definitely want to learn more about it. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. If you send me a message on Facebook um, or Twitter or whatever, then I can, um, then I can just talk to you there and, and I'm oh, sure we can do yeah, some definitely. great work together. Definitely. Well, thank you so thank much you. for calling in. I just followed right. you. So she's on I just saw it. That's awesome. That's, that's part of the power of well, technology. Well, thank you so much. Cool. Oh, I know. See, we're using technology for good. That's what I'm saying. It is possible to use it in a positive way. So um, I really appreciate you calling and sharing that. That really means a lot to me. And I know to Liz, that's so amazing that she's inspired you in that way. So thank, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Wow, well, that's so amazing that he's making that app. Yeah, it is so amazing. I feel kind of special right now. <laughs> you should. Like, look what you're inspiring. You're inspiring other people to make such a change. That's really amazing. And I totally agree. He should call it Liz's app. The same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, you guys um, are cha- you're changing the world. There you yeah, go. yes, I am. I'm trying my hardest. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, well, we actually have another caller as well who's been waiting patiently. So, yeah. Hi, welcome to the Lauren Galley Show. Hi, this is Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Becca. <laughs> How are you? Lauren, this is a great show. I just wanted to call in and kind of give the um, educators end of it because you know I'm an educator and in the yes, classroom. And I've worked. <laughs> I've worked with you for a couple years here and and know know the passion, and I love what um, has been said tonight. I just wanted to say from an educator's perspective, you know, and I'm in the classroom a lot observing teachers and stuff, and, and one of my rules has been, you know, that the, the teachers can't have their phones out. They've, they've got to keep them away for the day, and, and we have iPads, and, you know, we have smart boards, and, I mean, everything's technology. Everything's moved towards technology, but I agree with what Liz has said, and and this is something we've really worked on with our kids, and something that I hope as you go to talk to Texas and, and mm-hmm. as people are teaching and social talking about social media, that we teach the kids, and I work with the teachers on this too, to disconnect from you know social media and computers and everything. They're a tool, and we need to remember that they're a tool. And you know what? We we always need to put tools down and kind of sometimes just breathe and take in the air and enjoy the conversation just in the car, turn the music off, and actually have a conversation yeah. with our parent or our teen. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. as as something that I wanted to say as an educator and something that I know that 
we've worked really hard on in our school is kind of putting our tools down and going one-on-one with the kids or small groups with the kids. And and I think, Liz, you can inspire that even as you go out and and speak and just talk about, you. you know, saying that. It's not... You have a bigger picture, I think, than just even texting with driving, but in the whole picture, like you said, just putting it down and then taking a breath on on the educational side of it, too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Becca. That's so true. I mean, it, they are tools, and I like I like that, um, that usage of that word. You know, the technology is a tool. It's not a way of life. It's just something that you use as one way of communicating, hopefully it's not your only way. So that's a really great perspective from that side as well. Um, Diana, is that something that you like agree with or you see in a classroom setting? Oh, I mean, completely. It's, you know, it's, it's like we talked about earlier, you know, for so many reasons, we all become addicted to our devices and even more so when you're in that age range of some, anywhere between first getting a device in age 25 when the brain is still developing and we're driven by wanting to connect with our friends and not having that judgment center fully developed to say, no, put it down, do something else. And, you know, something I didn't mention earlier but I've always thought is so interesting is that, you know, a lot of rental car companies won't even rent a car to somebody under the age 25 because they're aware of this brain research. But yet that doesn't translate to what's actually happening out there with you know, people making cell phones, et cetera. So it's really wonderful to hear of these app makers out of Stanford that are tackling this tough issue because I think that's – we almost need technology to manage our technology because we can't rely on ourselves (laughs) all the time, you know. So I I love to hear about these new things coming out. And it's all driven by heart, and and you inspired that, Liz. I think that's that's huge. Thank you you very much. I'm trying to hard. well, well, I just wanted to call so in and tell you, yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. And just, Liz, just keep inspiring educators and reminding educators when you go out there that, hey, it's okay to put that technology tool down every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll talk to teachers and I'll just talk about it to everyone. I, like, there's no hesitation, so, yeah. <laughs> well, Liz, the fact that you're taking this horrific accident and using it to inspire others it's just so incredibly commendable and amazing, and I can't. I just can't Thank say you. that to you. Thank you. I just think you're so inspiring. Um, so, what is like one thing? If you could just say one thing to any teenagers out there, really anyone of any age who has a habit of texting and driving, maybe here's your story, and is still thinking, okay, but that's probably not going to happen to me. But it's just the one message you want people to take away from this show. Well, there's one message is, is um, a text message can wait, but your life can't. Why risk your life over that one stupid text message? You can wait, but you can't. Perfect. Could have said it better myself. Diana, do you have any other last advice or viewpoints on the topic? Well, I mean, I guess my advice should probably be to the parents because I think maybe they'll listen to me. <laughs> but uh, my <laughs> advice would be just <laughs> that was a joke. Um, but maybe my advice would be, you know, think about our behavior. You know, when we text or drive or pick up a cell phone in the car or even at the dinner table, that every t- all of those behaviors are being watched by a child, and so we should be mindful of our behavior with technology. 
and um, remember that it trickles down and try to use phones wisely and not overuse them and definitely don't use them when we're driving. Yes, parents are a huge example to their kids, whether they even realize it or not. So that's really great advice, Diana. Thank you so much for your expert input. And um, you just put a really interesting perspective on it. When you look at the research and you look at Liz's story, it just really makes the perfect package that this is something that needs to stop today. And everything you're doing with CyberWise is amazing. And you're just making such a huge difference. So thank you so much for sharing that with us tonight. And just for well, everything. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. And I'm so inspired by you too, honestly. This is gives thank me great you. hope thank for you. our future generation. You guys are great. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Like you're, you inspire me too with like everything you do too. So you're a big help in me. Mm-hmm. And Liz, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and inspiring us all. Let's really think before we get behind the wheel and you know, just to recap, I just want to say that, like, we have to call each other out, as we've been saying. You you can't be afraid to tell someone else, hey, like, you need to stop. That's going to be really dangerous. It doesn't matter if you don't seem cool. It's just, like, you yeah. need to help each other. And, Liz, I love yeah, what you said earlier cool about you before you get behind the wheel, tell your friends and your family, hey, I'm driving. I'll text you when I get there. Because that yeah, simple exactly. thing that takes a second, it could save your life. So just thank you so much. And thank you. Um, it can awesome. always wait. You know, it can wait. So thank you to everyone out there for listening. And make sure to tune in next time to the Lori Galley Show. And don't forget to put down your phones when you're driving because it can wait. So thank you so much. Hey.